0: bat force radio bat force radio is rated m for mature or should that be immature
1: hey guys dustin Witt. hey this is scott snyder this is paul dini and you're listening to bat
2: force radio and you're listening to bat force radio listening to bat force radio
1: this is kevin conroy the voice of batman and you're listening to bat force radio so stay tuned
3: back to bat force radio the dc batman podcast with no limits uh happy holidays everybody happy halloween um real quick before we get started we have an insane amount of episodes right now that we just blasted out in the last couple of weeks um interviews with kelly jones the fourth annual halloween spooktacular four years in a row having him on for this uh, holiday season we just did one with chris sheehan from house of slaughter which is a spinoff book for "Something Is Killing the Children" by James Tynion. We also had an interview with with Cliff Chang about his Catwoman book on uh, Black Label, also an awesome book. If you haven't checked out, check that out. Check out an interview. And uh, we did a review. We did a, a reaction to DC Fandom, uh, as well as a New York Comic Con recap tonight. Because of the holiday season, we sat down. We watched both parts of the. Batman Long Halloween Animated, Parts 1 and 2. And we're not really going to do a comparison so much. We are going to obviously bring that up, but I don't think we're going to like put them up against each other the entire episode. I think we're just going to kind of roll through the uh, videos, the movies uh, as they are. And uh, we'll go around the roundtable real quick. We got uh, the Bat Force Times, also known as Buzz Fright Year. Hello, hello. Over in New York. We got uh, Teases over in Dirty Jersey. Believe We got Gramps, a.k.a. Louis Biatch, over in Texas. Shout out to Louis. Shout out to Louis. We got Robin D. Cross, up no Canada.
4: Why did Facebook change the name? I can't find the button.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm (laughs) Bat Force Tom in California. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to dive right into it. The uh, Batman Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2. Um, Let's go. You know, this was uh, announced a while ago a uh, lot of uh you know a lot of mixed uh, happy and worried is it going to live up to the uh the classic story of uh long halloween by jeff loeb and tim sale got to say the artwork for tim sale is so crisp and beautiful that i think a lot of people were more concerned about that um but yeah let's let's go into our, our thoughts let's start with i think we're going to break it up let's break it up into we'll review kind of our thoughts on the animation we'll review our thoughts on the story. And within that, we'll talk about differences we noticed from the comic. Um, And then we'll also talk about the performances of the individual actors, the voice actors. And then uh, for, you know, I know that uh, the animated stuff is cool because it adds an extra element of, like, music. So maybe we'll touch on that at the end. So starting off with animation, what do you guys think? Completely different direction than the comic, obviously. And it seemed like they're kind of trying to coincide a little bit more with their previous animated adaptions. What'd you guys think of the animation?
4: Yeah, it was somewhere between the house animation style they've been using in recent years, just across the board. And I get why they did that to give everything a continuity, make them all feel like they're a part of the same universe. But for things like this, especially something with Art as Iconic as Tim Sales, they had to change something, and I'm really glad they did. And they sort of uh, eased you into the change because the intro to the movie, before we see a single frame of animation, it's all still frames of Tim's art from Long Halloween. So we're seeing that through the opening credits. And then we come into an animation that's similar, you know, as, as far as they could go without making it actually Tim's.
1: Right. One thing I noticed, I, I love the intro, and I, I just want to start with the intro, because like you said, it it shows Tim Sale's art, but it has like this white line that goes and like this, it almost seems like, you know, those detective boards where they link all the clues together with strings and stuff. That's what visually I thought it was making. Um, so I, I like that little tidbit. Um, I loved the background uh, scenery that they did more so than the character animation. And at the end credits, you know, I, I was watching who all did a lot of the animation. And I mean, it's a huge team of people, but I noticed that it said background painters. So the backgrounds seem to be all painted kind of like, you know, the Batman animated series. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There's a good point um, to bring up the background specifically, uh, Gramps. I think that uh, you could definitely tell um, they put a lot of time and effort into making it look as cinematic as possible. Um, I, you could tell they weren't married to Tim Sale's art. Therefore, they decided to go with uh, kind of like, okay, well, we can't make it look like his comic art. So let's make it look like as close as we can to like an animated film or a movie. And I did think I did think that was a pretty pretty cool what they did like uh the chase scene where batman is chasing down um one of is it falcon oh no he's one of the dudes one of the assassins um that whole sequence you could tell like they really took their time and they made it look you know very uh cinematic so yeah kudos to them for that anybody else on uh, animation thoughts
2: um i'm on board with everyone else i i think the homages to uh tim's art really just set the tone and along like you see these slow moving panning uh, photos and you start getting locked into like the score and you feel really excited that something special is about to happen. Um, And I think it was a good way of like really starting the story and giving him that credit because at the end of the day, they have to generalize the art style because it's just so specific. The hand is so, and style is so specific to what we know. But in order to introduce that to new fans, I think that would take away from the actual story. Oh, so, oh shit!
0: You know, it, the, it it made
2: sense to me as much as I wanted it to be more stylized. Yeah. I also appreciate that it was kind of in that continuity of the other
0: uh, cartoons uh, movies as well. He's kind of right because here's why I was think you know I you know the Jeff Loeb himself Sale stuff is like my favorite stuff ever. And the thing is, I thought about this for a while, and I think. If they did adapt Tim Sale style in animation, I don't think it would really work. I think it would be too Looney Tunes because um, it's just too stylized. It's too elongated and exaggerated. Um, I th- it, it it would it might look just too weird if they did it because uh, on on paper it's 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 gorgeous. It's artwork. It's fine art, you know. But to animate. That those exaggerated features on the characters that might be a little weird. I think if you look close enough at the style guides and the characters in the movie, you see Tim Stahl. Tim there. You see the piano teeth to an extent with the Joker. There. You see, you know, his his influence in Ivy and everyone. He's there, and I I think you know, it would it would just be all over the place if they really went too far. I know that was the biggest gripe amongst certain people, but um, once you get past that, um, the animation tells the, back, the backgrounds. Uh, I was very happy with the backgrounds because one of my gripes with animation, some DC animation or an animation in general sometimes is is lazy-ass backgrounds. Um, and you see a lot of detail and mood in this one. Um, I think the team that worked on this, you know, they, they, they understand understands how um beloved this story is so i think a lot of people took it very serious and uh um I th- yeah I, th- I think they found that balance cuz if you look close enough there is some tim sale there but it's you know it, yeah i think they i think they did find a decent balance for it oh, okay. i would think uh, be cool to get some figures out of it actually oh yeah, yeah like yeah
1: you know Falcone's penthouse and and building man that was like that made me feel like I was literally in like, uh, what made me remember that I was like, when I visited the empire state building and, uh, I was like, man, they, they really brought that to life in a way. And then Wayne Manor, how vast and huge it was. I mean, you never really kind of get that sense of how big it is in the books. But then when you see it in this animating, You know, they show those big shots of, like, the main entryway and how small he is compared to, like, you know, it looks like the main room is three stories tall. It's it's huge. And then you have, especially when Ivy comes in, and it's all covered in the Ivy. I really love that.
3: Yeah, good point on the Wayne Manor. Um, Something that I kind of uh, was uh, noticing, and I don't think they do enough of, is... um, that really makes you look and see how rich Bruce Wayne is. Um, at one point he comes down and he asks Alfred where, you know, any coffee and Alfred says it's in, it's in the study. And he, so he goes into a completely different room just to have be served as coffee. And then you go into the study and you see it's completely lined wall to wall books. And I remember thinking, fuck, God, fuck goddamn, damn. That is a great fucking look at study. That was a lot I would... of
1: dusting for Alfred. Poor guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have that study like that. Um, yeah, and uh, I think uh, I think uh, Buzz year is right on the money with. I don't think you should even ever attempt to adapt Tim Sale's art. It's just uh, you can't you you can't compare. It's just, it's phenomenal. And as I'm flipping through the absolute edition of it, um, one thing that that I'm glad that I didn't do was read this before watching the film because you forget how the splash pages that they do in this story are so epic and insane. And each page is like a print and um, it's just, you can't touch that kind of stuff. You know, like it's so stylized, it's so specific um, the way that you shadow. So you, you kind of had to go the route that they went with trying to make it a more uh, easily digestible um, mass audience kind of look. And, it it did seem that it fits better with, uh, some of the other animated films that they've done because they are like what Robin was saying in that style. So yeah, I don't think any of us hated the animation. It sounds like, I think we all kind of accepted it for what it was. It sounds like they
1: did. They, they made it, they watered it down with like telltale series style.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like the easily, uh, I don't want to, I don't, not in an insulting way, but you know, uh, easily, uh, Easily eaten up by the mat. You know what I mean? Like it's no. not McDonald's in a bad way, but it's like you know you know people are gonna be able to anyone right. can come in and, and enjoy it. So um okay, let's go on to so I would say like what would you guys say so as far as uh let's each give an individual rating for animation across the board. Louis Bitch, how about yourself?
1: Um, well, this is a two-part question because you've got the character designs versus the backgrounds. I give the backgrounds uh ten out of ten Louis turds. Um <laughs> for the character designs I give about a seven point five.
3: Seven point five steaming Louis Turds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Alright, little steam little Louis steamers. Uh yeah. teases. What would you say the animation for you out of ten?
2: Uh overall I'm probably going eight. Um uh, like right. like Graham said, like the backgrounds were perfect. Definitely felt like the animated series, but it did lean towards being generic, you know, like uh, you think of long Halloween and that artwork, you want to see these heavily inked looking lines, but it was more about the storyline. It was more about um, updating this classic story for everyone to kind of digest. So Um, Mm. overall, I thought eight, you know, to me overall, like I watched them back to back this week. Um, It was a lot
4: to take in, but it was consistent.
3: Mm. All right. Robin.
4: Robin. Uh, I'll just group them together and say like an eight or nine uh, for the two there. I think this is a big step up for me, uh, preference wise to what we were getting in the previous animated movies. And I noticed, I won't say it's the same, but I noticed a similarity, particularly when we see like the Gotham skyline in this, it looks kind of similar to what we've seen for the upcoming animated series that they're doing. So I wonder if between that new series and something like long Halloween calling for a different animation style, I wonder if they're just sort of revamping what the house animation style is now. And maybe we'll see something more like this, but, uh, I, I did like how I did like how this was a lot more shaded. You know, you had a lot more shadows and there's a lot more depth than, than what we've seen in the recent, uh, I can't remember some of the other ones. I I've missed so many of the recent ones and I think like the hush and everything, but, uh, yes, yeah, like some of the things they made so many changes that I just didn't, uh, set aside any time to, to get to them.
3: Mm. Okay. Um, uh, buzz fright year, what say you on uh, your rating scale for the animation?
0: Uh, you know, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'll give it an 8.5 because, uh, wait, oh. well, you know what? Um, well, here's the thing. Like, let me. Just, uh, I'll backtrack. Like, you know when they? Uh, well, it has more to do with story, but it's like sometimes you want a different, you want a remix of something. You want you don't want something clones. Like when they changed the animated, uh, movie, mm. the Hush story and they changed the story a little. I, I kind of like that because it was like we already know the story. Mm. Give us something a little different for fun. So with this. You know, it's a little more chic. Why? Why, why I went with eight point five is because I'm thinking about the scenes where uh, the animation, like when he's in Gordon's office, and it's so it's a lit. You know that low light, that warm light, and that mood. You know, they, it it's that's what I like. Gothic, you know, Gotham detective noir. Um, you know, just and 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 even when they're in Arkham, the mood, the tone, the animation. You think about Catwoman's suit, and I was like, you know, if they would have adapted the big-eared purple suit to animation, that would not have worked. <laughs> so you gotta really think about everything they did for this and how it it, it kind of makes sense. So and it looks, you know, it's just really nice to look at. Did anybody get the steel books?
3: Uh wait, what was what was the question?
0: Did anybody get the steel books?
4: Oh, like the, yeah. you know. Because uh, I've, the, I've just watched the digital edition so far. With
0: the connecting cause, cover? Yeah, because the artwork on the Steelbooks, being that we're talking about animation, art, the artwork on the Steelbooks is really nice as well. Um, really detailed and sweet. So. I, but also very different
4: from, from the animation style in the movie. Yeah, True. so it's, it's kind of like they're... That's how they, they get you.
0: They're like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we, we had to make that, we had to fit the animation this way, but don't worry, we're, we're very well aware of you know where it comes from, so yeah. You Get that up to uh, a,
1: a collected copy. Yeah, like did with I'm... Dark Knight, they with Dark Knight Returns, they put out You know, volume one, and everyone grabbed that, and they put out two. Everyone grabbed that, and then a couple months later, oh, here it is all together. R- yeah, I, remember I one that movie?
0: Really, that really shitty figure that came with the Dark Knight Returns. Uh, what? It wasn't it like a. a like yeah, the, the Gumball
4: style. And the little figure? Joker.
1: This
0: guy?
4: Yeah, and the Joker came, the with, uh, came with, with Part 2.
0: Yeah, you know <laughs> how much this is worth? Yeah,
4: yeah he goes crazy. for a lot.
0: <laughs> a lot of money. He does go for a lot. <laughs> that, that's that's Louis though.
1: <laughs>
4: well, that's what he's, he'll inherit. Yeah, I remember like. Gramps years ago posting, uh, was it a video with him uh, on the turntable? Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that or sure the
0: up. Dustin Nguyen uh, fat little Gotham one.
4: yeah Yeah. i love that one too he's so chunky um shout
3: out to scott mcgrath who uh did the layouts and put the art together he didn't do the art but he did the layouts and he put the artwork together for those steel um of maggot stomp uh death metal if anybody wants to get their fix of death metal check out maggot stomp uh anyways uh, okay, so, wow. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with... Uh, everyone seems to give it a pretty decent high ranking for animation. We are being very fair, very balanced this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, Fox News-esque, I would say. Uh, moving on. Uh, to story, I think this is where we can get... We can really sink our teeth in the nitty-gritty. Um, they had a few changes with the story. Uh, there were some very big changes and there were some minor changes. But, like... Uh, like BuzzFryer said, uh, I personally was hoping that they would have changes because, you know, um, why give us the same thing? Change it up a bit, you know, make it your own. So um, as far as story goes, how did you guys uh, feel? How was the pacing? Um, did you enjoy the changes? I think a big one for me that I noticed like right off the bat is uh, the Batman-Catwoman relationship in this one um seemed like they had already established a positive relationship and they were working together more so than in the first one where it's more cat and mouse this one um they're like it's like they're together you know and uh they're a team almost so that was a big one that i noticed um what did you guys think of story overall
4: Uh we know going into something like this that there are going to be necessary changes made you can't have everything the way it is in a 13 issue comic and fit all of that into you know even two movies. So a lot of stuff has to be changed just uh for the sake of length. But uh yeah, so as as long as you go in knowing that there are going to be some changes and everything's not going to be a carbon copy, some of the changes were were smart and uh were a plus. Uh teasy believey
2: any? Uh, what did you think of the story? Um, you know, I was trying to think of like if this was my first time being exposed to the story. I felt like just the nature of it. There's so many moving parts, but they made it look really seamless compared to the comic. And uh, you know, I kept thinking to myself, "Man, does this thing need to be two parts?" Um, it was a lot to take in, but. I think yep. it was really smooth. And I, I love the fact that, you know, Bruce realizes this is one of the times where he realizes, man, I'm, I'm, I am a detective and I have to be a detective. And this is a real crime element story. And I like that whole, you know, it had a sense of Godfather a little bit with uh, Falcone. And um, that just made it interesting because it's not what we're used to all the time with Batman, it, you know? yeah
3: i uh yeah there's uh in the comic there are some very direct nods to the godfather films uh right. scenes and and things, but they did play up the whole i felt like they played up the whole uh you know wise guy mafia yeah, uh, yeah they, they
4: there, that there's, up. A, there's a scene where we see carmine at the table with with some of his guys, and as it cuts in on the scene you hear him say i made i made him an offer you know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and then and then uh, I forget who they're referring to, but they're like make him sleep. With-. Did they say literally sleep with the fishes? Yes, they did say that. Okay, so yeah, so just like they're playing up the mafia part hardcore in this. Yeah, that is in the comic, but I feel like they really they really wanted to highlight that in uh, the story here. Um, something that you mentioned, Tz, is uh, the fact that Batman says or Bruce says out loud. I wasn't expecting to have to be a detective, not only a detective, but a good detective. Right. So he's realizing it's still early on as Batman for him. So
1: uh, is it supposed to be like kind of your
3: first, two-esque? Yeah, within the first two years, I think,
2: right?
1: Yeah. I
3: mean, I think. Yeah, I mean,
2: he kind of has his shit together at this point, even though like he's not physically fit 100%, like when he's trying to keep up with Catwoman. But- oh, oh, shit. Yeah, um, he's he pretty much knows what he's doing at this point.
0: Yeah, long but, Halloween is year two. Dark Victory is year three. Yeah. Okay. There, there, there's so, a
4: part in this where uh, Gordon kind of lays it down for him. You know, when they have the suspect uh, in Gordon's office and Batman, you know, kind of goes too far with the interrogation and Gordon releases him and he tells him, you know, something along the lines of, You've got a lot to learn about being a detective. And, uh, Gordon says, "You know, th- it's a lot more than than finding the suspect. You know, you have to know what we can get out of him. He's a small fish, and we have to know what we can get out of him." It's
3: interesting to see uh, that where uh, Batman is learning from Gordon as they go. That's kind. That was kind of that was a uh, t- tip
2: of the hat to uh, the writers on that one. Um. Yeah, because even in the in the comic, I felt like he has less control than what it was in the cartoon. Like in the comic, he's not afraid to kind of stomp some people out yeah. before interrogating them because he knows like he wants to use brute force to kind of intimidate these guys. Bruce force. Uh-huh. Bruce force. Yes.
3: Uh, Louis bitch.
2: Your thoughts on story
1: sucked. No- <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh- no, I mean, the adaptation for for a movie animated feature, it made sense. Um, you know, they stayed true to the theme and the concepts, but just like most adaptations, they've got to, um, you know, kind of compartmentalize or, you know, make changes to make it flow. And also, you know, some of that... Um, was required you know for just character development really um show parts of bruce's personality and and gordon's persona and even carmine Falcone, um just to give them a little bit more depth that you don't have in the comic um so i I thought that was really good um I didn't really have any gripes. Yes, there there were some differences. Um, but overall, you know, it's kind of like when you read the book It and then you watch the movie, yes, there's some differences, but that, that's necessary when you're going from just a visual on paper versus seeing it moving and, and talking. Um, so... I, I didn't have any problems with it
3: uh they they uh they definitely played into the relationships i mean they had more time i feel like to flush out relationships with um harvey and his wife um yeah
1: gilda especially you, you saw a lot more depth from her um I thought it was kind of cool you know it, it it shows later in the movie um and I'm going off memory because I haven't read the book in probably a couple of years, but it all makes sense at the end because there's a time that... Um, is it Falcone? I think meets up with Harvey and Gilda at like the... the Fire boardwalk, yeah. yeah. And he knows her. I mean... Mm-hmm. He he's like saying hello, Dent. Yeah, I'm talking to her, and yeah. like he instantly recognizes her because it shows out later in the movie that, you know, I guess we're giving spoilers, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they and should know he, that. Yeah,
1: she was at one time married to his son, so he already knew who she was, and I thought that was really kind of a smart uh, plot point to show that. No, he's recognizing her more than Harvey. But everyone is putting their focus on Harvey throughout the entire movie.
4: Yeah, when they really and, should be looking at her. Yeah, and that really adds to Alberto's motives for being for being the killer.
3: Yeah, is for, that for
4: this revenge against his father?
3: Is um. I couldn't remember in the comic, is the relationship between Alberto and Gilda in the comic as well? No. I don't think so. That's new, no. right? No,
0: no, no, that's new.
3: thought it was... Uh, um, uh, that was Pinteresting because that added the element of all of this, like, it, you know, the district attorney, Harvey Dent, Gotham's, you know, shining armor being embroiled with a woman who was, like, in the, in the depths of you know a crime family mm. so that was interesting that they did that with his story again like you know I was expecting something different like
1: that
4: and um, I don't, am I remembering it wrong though right from the first scene where we see Alberto with, with his whole crew there and he kind of sends Alberto out of the room I don't remember him being such a dick to Alberto in the comics he was he wasn't a dick he was just
3: dismissive Like he was just like, oh, you know, he was like a
4: loving, dismissive. Yeah, but like like in this, he said, you know, go do your crosswords somewhere else. And he (laughs) referred to him being, you know, 30 going on 13 or whatever he said. I (laughs) I didn't get the whole room laughing at him. No, I don't
2: remember that at all. That also came from his insecurity because Mm. the second he brings um, one of his kids in and they take a leadership role, he feels like he has, he Mm. takes a step off the mantle. Yeah. And he's done, you know, but he doesn't want to give that perception of weakness. So yeah, that's yeah, that's why the, he's...
4: Yeah, that's the um, thing that uh, we we hear a lot about. He has that uh, that convo right near the end uh, about well. how you so know maybe I'm feel. too old for this. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, he's starting to realize that.
3: Um, do you, so not to lean too heavy into the Godfather uh, influences and references, but they are very much there. Um, I just I just kind of made the connection with Alf. Is it Alfredo, Alberto, Alberto,
4: Alberto. Alfredo,
3: Al, Alberto with Alberto Alfredo? <laughs> what are you doing? Alfredo, no, not Alfredo. Al- <laughs>
1: that,
2: that's
3: what I meant. Like, I feel like uh, at first I thought because you know he's the good son, he's not involved in the the family and the crime. That's like Michael Corleone. Michael Corleone is the straight one. But then as I realized. Maybe dad sees him like Fredo. Like, he's he's weak. He's young. He's small. he's He doesn't have it in him, you know? And so we can't pass
2: it on to him. Just like Fredo. Fredo! But, um... It, it, I feel like it's kind of a mashup because... Yeah, maybe. You know, he has that... um I don't know if it's Ivy League school, but he has this intelli- super intelligence and his father's more street smarts, but... Yeah. He his father just wants to keep him at bay. Yeah, he doesn't end up like him. But
3: shout out, you know, also not to go back on the animation, but I'll you know I'll mix it up with the animation and the uh, the story. Shout out to uh, Sophia in this, what a woman, um, sturdy, <laughs> sturdy gal, and that that is my type of woman. I I uh, I kept thinking to myself, if I was in this story, I would be going after Sophia. And say what you will of me, but that's just my pick. Um, Buzz Frightyear, your thoughts on the story?
0: You know, I I can't even remember the big changes they made, to be honest with you. why?
4: Catwoman. If we want to go through any of them, I do have some of them uh, listed here.
0: I think that kind of says it all, because if I can't remember any of the major changes, I don't feel like there was any... They didn't really change it to the point where it was that different. Not like Hush, you know, it was... It was pretty on par, and um, the uh, you know the the, the Two Face origin felt a little more drawn out. But I tell you one thing: um, the way they split the discs up, Part One, the first half was fan pacing everything. Fucking the f- amazing fight scenes, the shit was fantastic. Oh, but,
1: that Chinatown fight scene, dude!
0: Yeah, that was dude. nutty, man. And and Part awesome. Two, the his second half was. More a slow burn, yeah. but it had a good payoff, though. So, um,
3: sirens going off in Gotham right now.
0: It's Gotham City, New York City. Yeah, slow burn, but it had a payoff. So, um, you know, the fact that I can't even recall any major changes makes me feel like they didn't even do much, they didn't change that much where it really. Ripples in my mind, so I I didn't have any problems with that at all.
2: Yeah, they they just turned the dial.
0: Yeah, Um I you know, spoiler alert: Gilda was still the killer. Uh, I, I thought they it. I thought they were going to change that. Yeah,
4: right? same.
0: Uh, they, they and that was nice because I kind of like that. And for anyone who doesn't know the re- the reason Jeff Loeb had Gilda um, be the killer in the end because he was absolutely paranoid. Of people figuring out the killer was before the, the the twelve or thirteen issues ended, so he stuck with one killer. But on top of that, you know, Gilda as you know the the one behind it all. So because he was just paranoid of people figuring it out. So it I was. They were uh, gonna change that. I really thought they were going to change that, but it's kind of cool that they didn't. Yeah.
3: I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to make it Sophia. Yeah. That's what I thought. It was a per- perfect setup, you know, because they, they uh, played up Falcone, Falcone being a jerk to her as well and being dismissive because she wants to help. She wants to be let me in the meeting, pop, nah, 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 you know, Yeah, Robin, what are some of the uh, the bigger changes that you noticed?
4: Uh, well, there are some some big ones and some little ones. Like one of the first ones that I noticed was that Barbara was older and they included uh, because she was older, they could have James Jr. there. So I wonder if there's any reason for that. If maybe they're going to start doing something with James in animation, maybe we'll get like a Black Mirror. Black Mirror maybe yeah. or like you
1: said, they made they made Barbara the older sibling. Yeah, I
4: noticed yeah, that she, too. Uh, she, yeah, she she was. I th- I feel like she was considerably younger. Like wasn't she a baby or something in? Uh, in the comic, I remember one? a
3: toddler. Yeah, like not yeah. like a not of age to go trick or treating. Like in this one,
4: yeah.
0: Uh, I remember that scene where Gordon's taking out the trash and Batman's there, and then <sighs> I, I think they use that in um, Batman Begins as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: because the 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 rubber the rubber ba- uh, bottle, the bottle the the nipple. Yeah. So, oh so, yeah, someone's yeah. being bottle fed.
4: Yeah. Pinterest. Uh, they they sort of changed the relationship Batman has with Grundy too, because when he sure. chased the guy down into the sewer, he didn't fight Grundy. When he got down there, he just said, Hey, let me take him and I'll make sure he doesn't come back. Yeah. And Grundy just walked away.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then what does that motherfucker do? He turns on him. Yeah, he yeah. fucking becomes he <laughs> even two faced you some Thanksgiving food and you turned on him.
0: Yeah, I actually like how um I right, so in you know in the 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 comic book, you know, he says, you know, born on the Monday. Um, but in the animated movie, when he says it, put like in the, like, it's like echoing in the distance, like born on a Monday. I'm like, man, that's, that, that, that really nails the tone and vibe and mood that I always wanted. I like love Halloween, you know, like born on a Monday, you know, it's just, that was pretty cool. Sorry. Uh, and
4: uh next thing, um Harvey got his coin from Batman.
1: Uh,
4: oh you're and Batman right. got
1: the coin from Carmine Falcone. Uh the yeah, turn yeah, how the when, turntables
4: uh, when Thomas was helping save Carmine years ago. I like that. I liked
3: how uh cool. at the end too, Bruce sho- throws it in uh in their face. When he's like, uh, my father was taking the bullets out of uh, what's his name's chest, and then two was it two years later he was dead. My connection ends there. Oh,
0: (laughs) I I also think about um, I I think I was keeping count of how many fucking times Catwoman saves Batman in this story. (laughs) It's just it's a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Because sadly, she saves him from. uh, Well, she helps him with the Chinatown fight. And then with Poison Ivy, and then another time, Sophia. Yeah, so um, they really, really
3: used her a lot in this version. Um, yeah. Okay. Rest
0: in, rest in peace to that girl who voiced Cap. Oh, oh
3: man, what yeah. was her name? Yeah, she did a
0: really, uh, did a really good Rivera. job.
3: Wow, Naya Rivera, and it, it, nuts that she fin—like she finished the whole thing. That was the last thing she ever did.
0: She sounded good, man. She sounded yeah. like a good cat. Okay.
3: Um well that's a good transition then transitioning to the performances cuz there was a couple of changes with the voice cast I know that in the animated uh, universe where they've been doing that kind of they they it's they were calling it the animated universe um where they were consistently using Troy Baker as Joker um I can't remember who Batman was or maybe it was Troy Baker who was Batman a couple
1: Vincent times Ackles. Do, he, well, Jensen this, Ackles I think
4: this, was, this was yeah, this was his first time as Batman I think. He used to no. he did a uh, Red Hood before. Yeah. yeah. He graduated uh, he, uh, he graduated up, yeah. But uh here's, dude. Here's well, a I, really I'm...
0: cool tidbit or oh, whatever you want to call it. So, when they're in Arkham, um I forgot how the dialogue goes, but you know, Jensen Ackles voices Batman, so he tells Gordon something about something to the extent like I, I've been hunting I was hunting, mm. and he says that because Jensen Ackles, you know, played Dean in Supernatural, and they were monster hunters, and so they would always say things like, oh, "We're hunting, we're going hunting, we're hunters." So mm. clever, that was, oh, yeah,
3: that was clever girl. Um, <laughs> so just to go through some of the voice cast real quick: Jensen Ackles, of course, is Batman in this. He uh, upgraded from um Jason Todd. Daya Rivera, may she rest in peace, was. She did a great job as Catwoman. She sounded great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Burke was Commissioner Gordon. Um, Alistair Duncan was Alfred Pennyworth. Um, we heard uh, Troy Baker again as Joker. He's been Joker many times. And uh, Josh Dumal. I did not know this. Josh Dumal was Harvey Dent. So Josh Dumal in a bunch of things. He was in the first couple of Transformer uh, movies where he's like the, the Marine. And Calendar Man was voiced by David Dash Dashmalian Dashmalchian. Uh, who is Polka Dot Man from mm-hmm. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. He's also in The Dark Knight. Yeah. Jokers. Yeah. Guy. And yeah. Uh, the dude is everywhere right now. He's in Doom. He was now. an Ant Man. Yeah. So this dude's killing <laughs> that, it guy,
0: that guy's getting bags, man. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so and and he did a great creepy calendar, man, I thought. Uh, all right, so what did you guys think of Jensen Echols as the uh, titty, tittular, titular character,
1: Batman? I like him. I, I really did. I um, like it. I like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> you know, there was that one scene where uh, Scarecrow escapes and poisons mm-hmm. Batman with his fear toxin, and... Batman makes his way into Gotham City. I love that scene where, you know, in his mind, he I thought it was a cool way how they brought back in, you know, the Thomas, Thomas and Martha death scene. But through Batman's eyes as he's under the fear toxin. And then Catwoman bails him out again and takes him back to to Wayne Manor. And that scene where Bruce is laying on the steps and Alfred comes out and he's like, you know, my mother. And he said, Is she here? My mother. I probably watched that scene ten times just going back and forth because I thought he I don't know. For me it just hit home oh, man. With his whole purpose of why he's Batman. Yeah. I I, I thought Jensen Eccles just nailed it out of the park with just that one scene.
3: Um. anybody else anybody not like his
4: performance as Batman uh, I don't have any specific issue with him but it always takes me a second to not be hearing Kevin Conroy in something
3: yeah yeah he, he it felt like at times he was doing a Kevin Conroy impression yeah yeah um, it's got to
4: be hard not to do that.
3: Especially when Troy Baker is basically doing uh, Mark Hamill.
4: <laughs> he, he really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah he and, was. Th- and I think there's a reason for that because uh, Troy Baker's first appearance as Joker was in Arkham Origins. Yeah. So there, Gee. I think there had to be some continuity there with how Joker sounded so he didn't just reinvent him because this was supposed to be just a, a couple years before Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And I mean, he,
1: he he does a great job spitting spitting image of not well, not image, but very good comparison with Mark Hamill.
4: Yeah,
3: um,
1: I'd like to hear them have a Joker off.
3: <laughs> I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought um, Harvey Dent, Two Face. I was like, ah, this, is, this guy's doing a good job." I wonder who it is. And then it was Josh Duhamel. I'm like, "Oh my God, that's interesting." Mr. Fergie. Ex- yeah, I was gonna say Fergie's ex-husband. I guess it makes sense. The guy's an actual actor, so I—I I don't. I'm sure he's done a lot more voiceover work. Let me check on his IMDb real quick. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job as Harvey Dent. I was surprised at uh, how much I enjoyed that.
4: Um, and uh, having having Troy as Joker, I'm I'm never gonna bash having Troy in anything. Uh, he's Joel in The Last of Us, so I will say no wrong of him. <laughs> One person we didn't talk about. I want to mention this. uh, Carmine Falcone is uh, Titus Welliver. Oh yeah, he's he is uh, Jimmy in Sons of Anarchy.
3: He's yeah. He was also uh, the Man in Black from Lost. Mm -hmm. That dude's been in tons of stuff. Also another very well known, and he's also uh, I think he collects hot toys. Oh yeah, or uh, yeah, or sideshow pieces in general, sideshow pieces. So he's like a
4: collector. So Uh, let's see. The guy who did uh, Alberto Falcone is uh, Huey from The Boys. Oh, no way. So there's a bunch of people in this. Yeah, there is a lot of... I mean, I think the animated uh,
3: the animated voice casting usually um, they use a lot of people that have probably worked with either the, the casting director or done voiceover work or, you know, they, they like to work with people they know. So, but yeah, I thought the, the voice cast overall was pretty good. Um, like I said... For me, Harvey Dent was a standout. Um, Falcone, I felt like you said that uh, Falcone was what's his name, Titus, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So, what would we say as far as the the performances on a zero to ten, Louis?
1: Louis, <laughs> he's right behind me, smoking me out. Oh, um no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that, that's that brisket. <laughs> He's
1: getting over here dropping the hot boxes. Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought the voice casting was was really good. Like I said, I liked Jensen Ackles as as Batman Bruce. I thought his Bruce was better than Batman, but um, and I liked you know, rest in peace Naya Rivera. I thought she was mm-hmm. good as Catwoman. I really loved um, what's his name Alistair Duncan as Alfred. Yeah. The You know, the subtle, dry wit um, he brought to Alfred was right on point. I love that. I love feeling like I was, you know, in Gotham, New York with the, uh, with the Carmine Falcone and his group, especially like, you know, all his little minions that were at the table and stuff like that. I, that made me think of, uh, you know, like you said, Godfather... Um, gosh dang it Sopranos all those good fellas all those classic uh, gangster movies Um, Troy Baker he was really good he had me fooled for a while I thought wow he's Mark Hamill's killing it and then I looked <laughs> this up and I was like oh no this <laughs> Troy Baker oh I um, thought he did a really good job so and like you said Josh do what's his name Josh do, do Hamill
3: Duhamel, Josh, Josh
1: Duhamel, Duhamel. <laughs> you know, Harvey Dent. That's the easy role. Two Face. That's the that's the one where you want the the real oh. grit.
0: So. Oh, just just like a big bad Harve in the animated series. <clears throat> whoever whoever voiced Two Face in the animated series is is yeah. a god because that <laughs> voice is so sinister.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's- and Dumal,
3: I mean, Dumal did a pretty good job kind
1: of going that route. Yeah. I wonder, like, you know, to get to get that, you know, rage, to be two-faced. I imagine they probably did it first thing in the morning with no coffee. Just come in and do it. You know, you're already pissed off and you, you know, here's your lines.
2: Um. mm
3: Probably just like watch, look at the pictures of Fergie cheating on him or something.
0: Yeah, man, they they set the bar with the animated series because look at um, Mark Hamill as the Joker, uh, the guy rest in peace who uh, played Mister Freeze, to uh, Two Face. Those voices are insane. Like the wow, the voice casting for the original animated series was just yeah, that was even Arlene Sorkin, you know who who was
1: Ivy
3: in this one or the animated? This one. Let me look it up real quick. Uh while we while I do that. TZ, your thoughts on the uh voice
2: acting. Um I'm on board with everyone else. Like again, I just, you know, watched I binged it this week and Islanders. I I thought I thought it was Mark Hamill <laughs> until a couple hours ago. I, I didn't even like look into the whole cast name. But it felt like a carbon copy, but not a cheap version. Like it, it was done well and um again like the comparison is so close to the animated series it, it felt so familiar. So it really helped the animation. So yeah, I give it a solid eight. It's not quite original, but um, they kept it really uh, authentic, consistent.
3: Um, Katie Sackoff, to answer your questions, uh, Grumps was the voice of uh, what's her name. She's been she's a voice actress, so she's voice actress known for Bo Katan. From uh oh no, was she, the she live? Yeah, act? she
4: was live action Bo Katan, yeah. Oh shit. Oh, but it says also voicing Bo Katan? But she was okay, maybe, so she's live maybe action. She, maybe she voiced her in uh in the animated too. That's cool. So yeah, so she's uh
3: she's the Bo Katan in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I, I also like that last you mm-hmm. know when when Harvey started hearing the dual voices. Oh shit. I felt like that was a cool um transition into him kind of turning into two-face like you know when he starts kind of questioning things and he has these underlying uh comments that he's thinking but you know he's not projecting him
3: yeah mm. um buzz Frightyear, your, your thoughts on the overall voice acting
0: yeah it was fine you know it's fine i no complaints uh stand out for me was the guy who played calendar man especially um and that Arkham scene, the dialogue with Batman, and he's saying things like, you know, uh, or or is it a her or the killer? It, it, like, it, and the pauses between them speaking, it just had this, this horror, uh, horror detective element to it. And that guy's voice was just like unnerving and soothing at the same time for Man. Mm-hmm. So it was really, yeah, that uh, that really stuck out for me. You know? That was a. Uh, that was good. That was really good. So, yeah, yeah very, very eerie and kind of. Yeah,
4: I, I like how he went. You know, a a little bit effeminate, and yeah.
0: He's
4: yeah. Yeah.
2: like, oh, I've I, I missed you.
3: It's really insane to to kind of see where that guy's career has taken him. Mm. Um, like, dude, he's he's in Dune, and also in a very creepy, um, a very creepy. What do you call it? Uh, but- role and uh i mean like yeah it's just it's been crazy to see that guy in the last five years just blow up yeah man all right um so okay look I, I thought you know i feel like uh as as we were uh going over everything pretty fair and balanced oh one thing we didn't cover is and maybe it's not much to cover but i put in there um a little spot for the music what did you guys think of? The, did did you did you hear the music? Did it change anything for you? Did it add anything? Did it
1: subtract? Did it distract? I love the score. Mm. Oh shit!
3: Yeah, there's certain things uh, about the animation. Like the animated the animated stuff is cool because you get that extra element of music sometimes. And uh, like Dark Knight Returns, um, it's just amazing. Like you can listen to the soundtrack over and over again. Just a couple other ones that you know it's always it's always cool to hear like an extra added element. Uh T Z, what did you think of the music? Did you even notice it?
2: Um Boom. more so in the beginning because I was really focusing on Tim Sale's art, but um mm. it was fine. You know, it didn't jump out at me. Um You're wrong. <laughs> no, to, to be honest, like, I mean you you have a musical ear, but I, I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for like I was focusing more on the storyline. But mm. in the beginning, I really liked the tempo of it. Oh shit! Yeah. Yes, I am wrong.
3: <laughs> I uh I was hoping that there would have been more like uh, a more epic sounded sounding soundtrack. Um, I think I was hoping for something like Dark Knight Returns, which adds so much to that that film. But you know, I don't think it distracted it in any way. So it was just it was all right. Yeah. Uh, Buzz Fright, you have anything to say about the music?
0: Wrong uh yeah i like the um, whatever was playing when the um, the first chase scene happened on the bridge um that really got the biscuits burning you know so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: is that a good thing burning the biscuits <laughs> just so we know where you stand <laughs> depends on who you talk to i guess <laughs> yeah, the,
0: bris- the briskets uh yeah music was fine yeah
4: robin uh i have to say unfortunately i didn't uh pay much note to the music. I'll have to uh, do a second viewing. and So it bored you mind. to tears, is what you're saying. I, I think that was the the exact quote I used. Okay. Completely <laughs> I,
3: ruined the experience for you. Alright. Okay. Right, let me, let's me Before we shit all over it, let me check real quick who did <laughs> oh, the music. Because usually it's a, like, they have like three people. It's like one of three people that usually do the music on these things. And I don't know where it is. I can't see it. Let's see if we find it on the IMDb page here, but, um, uh, Michael Gat. Yeah. I don't recognize that name at all. Well, okay. Anyways. Um, all right. That's, uh, I mean, that's a nice little wrapped up bow. That's like 50 minutes. Boom. Shazam.
0: How about favorite parts?
3: Okay. Let's do that. All right. Everybody give your favorite. What was your favorite scene or moment? Um, Louie,
1: I loved the Chinatown fight scene. Yeah. I loved that's... the Scarecrow escape scene.
0: Yes. Yes. That's cool. Oh my
1: gosh. That was so cool. Yeah. That was cool. I loved Ivy and Bruce, uh, Wayne Manor. I mean, mm. you know, just the way that she just took over everything and, and you know, Bruce planted some seeds
0: Uh, Hell yeah, boy!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, and like I said, I I loved that that emotional scene where Bruce was at Wayne Manor and Alfred came out, and after Catwoman had brought him home. I don't know. That's another. Graham's liked a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I did like it. Nice, Graham. What, what, What did Louis like it? He did. He watched the whole time
0: with me. Holy sh whoa. Yeah.
3: Damn. Yeah. Uh personally, I think my favorite part is um uh, I don't know, man. I really liked that study in Wayne Manor. I liked Wayne Manor, the way they made Wayne Manor look. Um I enjoyed Alfred's performance and again I enjoyed I was very I was very impressed by Harvey Dent's uh performance, the voice acting. So I'll <laughs> say Josh Dumal, who I don't really ever think about, uh he, he impressed me. Oh <laughs> Josh should do Hamel. Uh, Robin, your favorite part.
4: Okay, I'm going to give an honorable mention. One, it, both of mine are really just uh, little changes in how they affected things. One is very minor, but that we saw that Alfred was also mind-controlled by Ivy, because that sort of explains way why he didn't interfere in any of Bruce's behavior in the time he was being mind-controlled. Mm, yeah. Uh, though we didn't see what happened to Alfred after... The mind control was broken on Bruce. But, you know, minor thing. But uh, my other favorite thing was just that uh, the added history of Gilda and Alberto oh, shit. beefed up the reasoning for there being two holiday killers. For it being, you know, Alberto, you know, having faked his own death and then killed the people who would have been able to to prove that. You know, like the coroner and uh was it his his aunt, I think. Yeah. That figured out the uh the autopsy was fake. Mm. And then uh you know, and then it we had uh, Gilda confessing to Batman, but then we we also know in this version that there's mm. the history between the between Gilda and Alberto, and that just makes it make a lot more sense that those are the two who were doing this. That Batman
0: gave her pass you know how many passes Batman gave her? She done fucking murked mad people, bro. <laughs> That's this what cool Yeah, about.
4: yeah, he really let her
1: go.
0: He just that, gave her the passes. Yeah, that,
1: That's um added some weight to <laughs> Alberto's death too. Because he You have to assume that it was Gilda that shot and killed him. And You know, as she explained at the very end, you know, the pain and the torture that she was put through by the Falcone family, that was a, you know, when they aborted her child. I'm sure she had some, well, she did have some rage pointed towards Alberto. What was it that they took care of the
3: child or was it that like they gave it away? Because I don't, I don't know if I... No, they made it,
1: it. They, they, aborted. Basically, it. aborted it, and yeah, that's like, why oh, she oh, couldn't oh, have oh, a oh, child. She it. couldn't have a child with. Oh, her. All right, I get you now. All right, I,
3: I missed that part. Um, I thought it was very interesting the way they made uh, Gilda. It made me, um, um, it made me seem. It made me feel like a lot of it was put on her, which was an interesting choice. A bit sexist, if you ask me, because it made me. <laughs> Scared of her as a trifling heifer. and I don't like feeling that way. <laughs> I don't like feeling that way, and I felt that I was made to feel that way. Uh, These yeah. I am not taking accountability for my emotions. I am putting them, I am externalizing them onto the writers of the story, so I will have my word with them on the internet. Um, Buzz Frightyear, your thoughts on uh, what was your favorite part?
0: There's so many, man. Um, shit, I... You know, I love the Arkham scene when they're talking with Calendar Man. I love the the Joker pilot scene. I love the Scarecrow and Mad Hatter scene. Um, I like it because we don't get enough Mad Hatter in anything anymore. When you guys remember when they were doing Villain Month and they had all the one shots of all the villains, you ever notice we never got a Mad Hatter issue? Damn. And you know, it's good to see him in something. So him and Scarecrow kept true to the story. But really, I I love anything that has to do with Batman and Jim Gordon in his in, in Gordon's office late at night with a low lit lamp on the desk, files, paperwork everywhere. That'll always get me. That that's always the best Batman storytelling.
3: Neglecting me. their families—that's the best kind of Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
2: Oh. There you go.
3: All right. Uh, all right. There we there you have it. There's your Batman Long Halloween parts one and two. Nice gift wrapped for the holiday season for you. Like we said uh, before we end, please check out the uh, recent episodes that we've done. DC fandom reaction. We got Cliff Chang with his Catwoman book. We got Chris Sheehan with his uh, House of God. What's it called, Robin? House of Slaughter. God damn it, Tom. And the Autumnal. And the autumnal, and then we also have the fourth annual Spooktacular with Kelly Jones, and that was a great one. He went into much detail about his relationship with um Bernie Wrightson, so that was a treat to listen to
0: and If anyone likes the long Halloween movie and or comic book series um and you haven't read Jeff Tim himself, Haunted Night Trilogy, or Dark Victory, those highly recommended. I really hope they do those in the, in um in animation as well. And
4: Catwoman went in Rome.
0: Catwoman Went oh, in yeah. Rome. So you And see that, uh,
4: then and this week there's the long Halloween special, special uh, yeah. one shot issue. Yes. It's Jeff Loeb and Tim Salem ties right into uh right. the universe.
0: There you go. And
4: all of which are directly
3: influenced by Zack Snyder's Batman. So if you enjoy <laughs> yeah. any of that, 100% directly inspired by Zaddy himself. So definitely check out Zack Snyder's Vision, uh, BVS, Man of Steel, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. And uh, all right, guys, have a safe Halloween. If you're going out trick or treating, give out some full size. Don't be cheap. Yeah, don't be cheap. Bad Horse Radio.